0: If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis.
1: My name is Shiva
2: Mozaverian,
1: and joining me today to highlight the legacy that builds from just one person through the One to One program are mentors John Latella, Jamie Moy, Michelle Terabakia, and Jessica or Jessie Houston. This is an extraordinary group of mentors, which you'll soon discover as they share their stories about how psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis impacted their lives and how they came to find help through the one-to-one peer support program when they needed it most. Welcome, John, Jamie, Michelle, and Jesse. It's such a pleasure having you here today on Soundbites for our discussion about the legacy of support that has been built through your one-to-one relationships. For our discussion today, let's learn a little bit about each of you. John, let's start with you. When were you first diagnosed with psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis, and how did you initially feel about being diagnosed with this lifelong disease?
3: I was diagnosed in 1964, and when I asked the doctor what it was, what do I do, he had no idea because I was aboard ship in the Navy, and this was a brand new doctor out of college. I wasn't diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis until 1976. And they quickly, right away, knew what what was going on. I had ankylosing spondylitis and cervical spondylitis, plus psoriatic arthritis. And he he did state at the time that you probably had this prior to 1976, but I can't tell you how much prior to 1976. And I went through the 60s and through the 70s, not knowing much at all, because there was really no internet. Nothing that, that really identified psoriasis, talked about it. Until about 1984, I think I had a little notice in the mail advertisement saying, if you want to know more about psoriasis, send a stamp self adjusted envelope to this address. And it was to Portland. So I did. And I got on a mailing list. And that's when I started to learn more about psoriasis. But it didn't continue until I got into the 2000s when in 2005, I went on a biologic. And from that point on, my psoriasis, cleared almost 100% psoriatic arthritis, was now under greater control. But then in 2020, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So sometimes I don't know whether it's Parkinson's or psoriatic arthritis, but I just continue to go. I don't stop.
1: John, thank you so much for that introduction. And Jamie, how about you?
4: So my story actually begins with my son, Andy. He was first diagnosed at age four with psoriasis and age five with psoriatic arthritis. At that time, we didn't know anyone else in the family with psoriatic disease. But now, of course, we know that that often runs in families and that was our case. But when Andy was first diagnosed, I was scared that Andy would end up in a wheelchair for the rest of his life and that his skin would never clear. He was pretty severe at that time. But three years later, I was diagnosed with both diseases as well. My symptoms remain fairly mild, but Andy's continued to be severe. And then it happened. I had a very stressful year in my life with work and the death of loved ones, and the stress triggered a big flare. And next thing I knew, I joined Andy with the severe symptoms and Fast forward to 2022, and Andy is now in his 20s, and I'm just a little bit older. After years of trying to find the right treatment, we did, and I'm happy to say Andy is doing great, and so am I. We are both on biologics, and that has really made a big difference in our lives.
2: That's so amazing, Jamie. So my name is Michelle, and I have a similar story to Jamie, where both my Myself and my daughter have psoriasis. When I was first diagnosed alongside my little sister, I was 13 and we moved to a new city. So we do feel it was stress-related. I didn't really think it would be forever that we'd be living with psoriasis. But in a way, your life becomes a long journey. I do feel that psoriasis does not define me. And over the years, I really haven't let it. I myself am successful on a biologic but I never actually went on that biologic until I had my own daughter. And at three months, she presented with psoriasis. When I saw how well she was on a biologic and responding, I said, it's time for me to take care of my own health. So I went on a biologic and both of us have been living with this disease, but it's under control and we're happy and we feel very healthy.
3: That's
5: great news. My story is uh, Patrick, what, he is 13 years old now. He was diagnosed with psoriasis in 2016. At that time, he was seven years old and in first grade. It developed following strep, and I've come to learn that's actually fairly common. We had several months where he was misdiagnosed with things that were not psoriasis. It took us a while to get into a pediatric dermatologist who was able to identify what it is. And I was very overwhelmed in the beginning. We have no family history of psoriasis, and I didn't even know anyone who had psoriasis at that time, so I set out to do what I always do when I feel overwhelmed, which is to start Googling. And by Googling, I found the National Psoriasis Foundation website, and I started reading everything I could find about psoriasis and learning.
1: Thank you all so much for sharing your stories and for being here with us today. Let's continue to learn a little bit more about each of you. What type or types of psoriasis do you have or have had through the years? And what was the most frustrating symptom that you're willing to share with listeners? So, Jesse, as this relates to your son, Patrick, can you share your experiences first?
5: Patrick has guttate, plaque, and scalp psoriasis. The guttate psoriasis was the first to develop. And it looks a lot like chickenpox, which is what we were told initially that it was. But very quickly spread like wildfire. He developed some large plaques and the scalp psoriasis. uh, I would say that the scalp has been the most stubborn and difficult to treat for him. We finally found something that is working, but that was hard to deal with for a long time. And we're very fortunate he does not have any psoriatic arthritis.
2: Jesse, so my daughter and I have plaque psoriasis, but we do not have any psoriatic arthritis. So throughout the years, when I first started to have psoriasis when I was 13, it was solely plaque. That was all I knew growing up. The most frustrating part was that I didn't have anybody aside from my sister going through this. So being a teen in the nineties, I can tell you there's so much out there now compared to what we had, or at least what I knew about. So for the plaque psoriasis, the most frustrating part, and I saw it with my daughter, was the open wounds that the plaque psoriasis caused and being able to shower or swim or do normal activities without the being in
4: pain and the open wounds that the plaque psoriasis caused? So like Patrick, my biggest thing is scalp psoriasis. That has always been my nemesis. And sometimes the plaques can be very thick, but mostly it's just very itchy. Typical medication usually helps clear it for me, but I'm not always the best patient, and I often forget to use it when I should. After 16 years, you'd think I'd be better at it, but I'm still working on that.
3: I started out with plaque psoriasis. I've had everything that you can think of type of psoriasis, except pustular and the foot psoriasis, palmer, planter. I've had inverse psoriasis, guttate. Palmer plaque, scalp, psoriatic arthritis. And I did end up with orthodermic psoriasis back in in the 90s, which ended up with a seven-day stay in the hospital. When I was in the hospital in 2020, I had another attack because I took some medication that I shouldn't have. And my skin just crumbled off. It just broke and flaked off. And I was not on my biologic. So I had to hurriedly go back on my biologic so that I could stop this action of the skin. My biggest problem has always been scaling. I once said that for me to walk across the room, I looked like Big Ben. In the comics, only it was white. It just happened. The other thing was the cracking of the, of the joints. They would be very painful. Two things that I had to contend with always.
1: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing what types of psoriasis you experienced. I notice that there's some common themes here and scalp psoriasis is definitely a challenge to treat. So, John, you really have had experience just about every type of psoriasis. Going back to your first response, did I hear correctly that you've been diagnosed with psoriasis since 1964? It's incredible. I can imagine you've seen how treatments have changed through the years. What treatment advances have you seen throughout this time?
3: Well, when I first started out, the only thing that was available was a topical, Uh, it was a a tar-based topical. It stunk and it stained everything. And to me, I didn't get much relief from it. I spent some time in the hospital in the 70s undergoing a Ketterman treatment. So it's the same topical treatment, but only they added lights to it. But the light was not very big. And to tell you the truth, I got more burns than I got relief from the the lights. I did a lot of uh, over-the-counter therapies. People would say, hey, try this, try that, and tell me to drink this liquid would help. It didn't help. I tried ingestibles, which were treatments with high vitamin A content. For five years, it didn't seem to do anything. I built my own light box back in the late 70s, early 80s, working with a dermatologist in the area. I did that for about eight years, and then the bulbs kind of petered out, and I, I couldn't replace them, so... I had to stop doing it. And then in the 90s, I did PUVA treatment, which was to take you to a compound called Soralan, which made your skin very sensitive to light and you'd stand in the ultraviolet A lights for a period of time. And I started out with seconds, ended up with 20 minutes. The last thing I got in 2005 was the biologics. Unfortunately with the PUVA, I had too much time with the PUVA lights. 15 or 16 years later, I started to get basal carcinoma, and I had since then 15 different biopsies, 10 10 different procedures to eliminate skin cancer. So it hasn't been a pleasant thing to go through, but I'll take it. I'm clean. I'm clear.
1: John, it's so amazing what you've witnessed throughout the years. Treatment options have definitely come a long way, so thank you for sharing. So Jamie, Michelle, and Jesse, what treatments have you tried either for yourself or your children? You mentioned biologics, but did you encounter any challenges with such treatments?
4: Well, you know, it's funny listening to all of what John had to go through, and we were very grateful that when Andy was diagnosed, biologics were just coming on the market, but unfortunately, they were not available for children as young as he was. So he had to be prescribed off label. And even though we tried topicals and light treatment, methotrexate and cyclosporine, we did all kinds of things, but it really wasn't until we found the biologics that worked for him. And for me too, unfortunately, sometimes they don't stay working. So for us, they seem to work for about a year. And then the effectiveness wore off and we'd have to try another one. And I think Andy was on six different biologics and I was on four before we both landed on one that has worked well for us. And we've been very grateful for the past six years for having a treatment that has kept most of the flares under control and diseases as well. So we're very thankful for that. Listening to
2: Jamie and John and describe over the years, all the changes with all the medications and the biologics, I really did experience the same thing growing up with psoriasis. And as I was growing up, I really never did even think that when I had my first child, my daughter would have it, and never mind at the age of one. Since I had it at the age of 13, I just thought, okay, that's something that if she was ever going to have psoriasis, it would be later in life. But my experience with different remedies was Definitely different from what I experienced versus what I experienced with her due to the age gap. So with my daughter, we tried everything from natural remedies, diets, different tests in regards to allergies. We tried light boxes in the office and different wands at home. The UVB wands caused actual blisters if I ever held it too close or if it was too far away, it didn't work very well. We tried eczema lasers in the office, and then just as Jamie was describing, we wound up using an off-label biologic for her at a very young age due to the severity of our skin. But I will tell you, this was a real miracle for us because the treatment actually worked, and it gave us hope as a family that she wouldn't have to suffer like I did as a teen going through the whole rigmarole of using creams and UVB lights in the 90s. That was the norm for me, and I was happy that a biologic for her worked, and it really did increase the quality of her life.
5: Yeah, we started, I think like most people do with topicals with Patrick, because that was what the first line of treatment was from his doctor before we ever even got to a dermatologist. And that was just awful. He was seven and he hated every minute of it. He was not a willing participant in all those creams and ointments. Every day was a battle it was spreading like crazy. We know now that he was having a flare. We didn't really know what to call it at that point. We just knew that every day there was more on his body to deal with. So, he got approved for systemic meds about 6 months in to his diagnosis and started with methotrexate. And then after about a year of that, was approved for biologics. And they've been such a blessing. He cleared so fast on biologics. It was unreal. He's on his second one now and it's working so beautifully. The only pediment I would say that we've encountered with biologics is dealing with insurance and the cost. And we're very grateful to have good insurance now. We did not when this whole journey began, but we have good insurance now, so that's been helpful and copay assistance has been amazing. We could never afford biologics without copay assistance.
4: I will second that. We couldn't afford it either. <laughs> it's amazing, but it's well worth it. I mean, it's just made so much of a difference, and in, in our lives, copay assistance really was a lifesaver for us.
3: So all my medications come through the Veterans Administration. Then I have to go to the Veterans Administration for treatment. It's a half an hour to forty-five minutes away. So that's not the most pleasant thing I have to do. But they're taking care of it, so I'm so I'm, I'm happy with it.
1: I'm so, so glad you all have found some way to meet such challenges and to find a treatment that works for you. I'm curious beyond issues associated with treatment, how has psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis impacted your life socially and emotionally? You've
2: alluded to some of it. Michelle, would you like to go first? Thanks, Shiva. As a teen, I suffered immensely with psoriasis. I was constantly worried about my appearance and covered my entire body in makeup to hide my red spots. I wore as many clothes as possible, even in summer, since I had psoriasis up and down my arm and on my elbows and knees. And then I would cover myself in Vaseline when I went into water to act as a skin barrier between myself and the water to subdue the pain. I can tell you this emotionally and socially affected me. This did, however, when I look back, allow me the opportunity to navigate this space because I do feel now as an adult, I'm able to help others through it that are suffering or need guidance. I would never wish this upon anybody, but I was able to get to the other side and look back and see how far I've come.
1: And we're so glad you did. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing. And John, how about you? How has psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis impacted your life?
3: My experience with it has been similar to what was just said. In the summertime, I'd be wearing long sleeve shirts. And long pants. I never wore Bermuda shorts. Was, I just couldn't take the. Is that poison ivy? Did you get severe sunburn? What happened to you? And after the first couple of times that happened, I used it as a learning experience to say, it's psoriasis, it's non contagious, don't worry about it. The best part about it was if I was on a beach with a family and I did have swimming trunks on, somebody that did see it said, what are you doing for your psoriasis? And they would give me a treatment that they were taking. I would try it. It didn't always work, but at least they were nice about it and not nasty. I always had jobs where I was facing the public. So they always saw it. And I had it on the top of my hands. And the, the most ineffective thing was, is go to try to shake hands with somebody. They look at your hand, they pull their hand back. And I'd have to say, you're not going to catch it. Don't worry. And they shake hands. The one nice thing that did happen to me is I used to go to conferences in New York City. I was at one of these conferences. A gentleman came up to me and said, gee, I see you have psoriasis. My brother has psoriasis too. He just started on this cream. but I don't know what it is. I'll tell you what, I'll get it. Next year, I'll bring it. To you. Well, to I didn't go to the next year. I went two years later. Here he comes down the aisle. says, oh, you're back. He pulls out his wallet. And it's a wrinkled piece of paper. He gives me the name of the medication. I took one look at it and said in my mind, tried this. It didn't work. And I just said to him, thank you very much. I'll try this when I get back. And I went about my business. There are people out there that are knowledgeable and are helpful. And that was the, the most pleasant part of the disease, if there is a pleasant part of the disease. But once I started on the biologic, the first biologic, I started to clear my up. I went back to wearing shorts. But you know, wearing long-sleeve shirts has never gotten out of me. I still wear them today. I don't know why. I just, I got into that habit. And in the summertime, see people say, what are you doing in a long-sleeve shirt? And I'll go in and change. You mentioned about starting on one biologic, it didn't work. My first one didn't work after the first uh, first year. So that's when I went on the second one. I've been on the second one since 2006, so now 16 years. So I'm I'm happy with it. I've had no serious side effects at all.
1: It's so wonderful to hear, John. I'm so glad the second biologic has made such a difference for you. You'll have to share a photo when you shift to short sleeves. <laughs> and Jesse, how about Patrick? What experiences can you share?
5: Well, Patrick developed his psoriasis about halfway through first grade, so that was it kind of a interesting experience. His friends I had to get used to seeing him with all these spots all over him, and there were a lot of questions. He had noticeable plaques through most of elementary school and a lot of scalp flaking, so he would often get questions from his peers and also from adults in his school asking him things like, do you have poison ivy? Do you have a rash? sometimes he would have well-meaning people telling him, well, you really need to try some Celtson Blue shampoo on that dandruff. Mm -hmm. And I would have to help him explain this. It's not dandruff, it's psoriasis. But as a result of that, he's actually very conversant in what psoriasis is and how to talk to his peers about it. Starting in third grade, he actually gave a little presentation to his class every year about what psoriasis is and answered their questions about it, mainly so that he wouldn't have to field questions all year long. And the first year I came with him, but after that, he didn't want me there. So he does it on his own. So I think he's unique. He's very outgoing and well-spoken, and so he does a really good job of explaining psoriasis to everyone in his circle. So he's actually grown in confidence, which has been great. But in the beginning, it was definitely upsetting to him and to us because he was so little.
4: It's interesting listening to the story about Patrick because it brings back memories of Andy when he was just before kindergarten was when he was diagnosed with psoriasis. He was covered head to toe. As the mom, I'm like, oh, let's cover you up. Let's try and make it so that nobody has to ask you questions and make you feel uncomfortable. And because as the mom, that's what I thought I was helping my child. In reality, he's the one who taught me so much because he was like, no, it's summertime. I'm wearing shorts. I'm wearing my sandals, I'm wearing a t-shirt, let's go. That was the first time to meet and greet the teacher in kindergarten. You know, I'm the one who wants to protect him. And he's getting these questions and these eyes. I turn around and here he is talking to a, a new student he's never met before and he's like oh yeah it's psoriasis it's like having a bunch of bug bites they really itch but don't worry you can't catch it and I'm okay with it and they were best friends that year so it's pretty amazing to watch how the kids do it and then I wasn't diagnosed at that time but I sure took notice of that so that when I was diagnosed I kind of took the same cues from him And I think it helped a lot socially
1: and emotionally. Wow. I'm just so blown away by all of your experiences. I'm sure what you've shared today will resonate with our listeners. They probably had similar experiences. So I'm so, so thankful. Jamie, you previously mentioned Andy was first diagnosed with psoriasis, and then you were diagnosed with psoriasis three years later. When did you first discover the National Psoriasis Foundation and the one-to-one program?
4: So after going to our dermatologist, we saw a a sign in the office for a walk to cure psoriasis in our state of Michigan. Um, So we decided to go do the walk because we were really hoping to meet other families with kids who had psoriasis because we hadn't met any others at that point. And unfortunately, there weren't any in attendance that day. But the NPF sent a follow-up email event survey where I requested more information. And that's when I truly connected with NPF. And not long after that, I was invited to be part of the outreach committee. So I've been a long time volunteer on that committee. And then I was informally invited to be part of the one-to-one program when NPF needed a parent caregiver for mentors. So I would get an email every now and again saying, hey, we have this family, would you mind reaching out and talking to them? And of course I did. You feel good to be able to help another family. And I did a little bit here and there, but it wasn't until Michelle and others on the youth advisory committee that I'm also on encouraged me to jump in. And that's when I officially joined this amazing group of volunteers. And it's been so rewarding to know that I am helping others and I still hold a special place in my heart for parents of children with psoriasis because I can remember how clearly I felt lost when Andy was newly diagnosed. And it's awesome to just pay that forward and help other people so they don't feel that way.
1: I completely agree. And thank you again for all of you do. We're
3: so, so grateful.
1: John, when did you first decide to join the one-to-one program as a mentor and what's it like being a mentor?
3: To be quite truthful, I was mentoring, and not in the, the sense of through the psoriasis foundation, but prior to joining, becoming a mentor, I have friends here in Connecticut that would say, hey, John, this guy has been really diagnosed with psoriasis. Can you talk to him? So I would get on the phone and I'd talk to him and talk about what his problems were what his concerns were and we tried to find different directions that he could go and then the one to one program came into existence i think when i was at one of the conferences i said that's something I, I could get involved with on official basis so i started that and i think over the years i've had mentees from all over the world australia india south africa England, Canada, it's been a tremendous experience to try to be able to help people in a very small way. If you have the time, it's it's worth the effort. It's worth extending yourself a little bit. I now have two uh, mentees, one in New York City, one in upstate New York, working with. And I, I find it very enlightening. And we kind of help each other in many ways. And that's why I continue to be a mentor.
1: And we're so glad you continue to be a mentor. Thank you, John, for all you do. So Michelle and Jesse, as a parent of a child with psoriasis, what caused you to reach out initially to the National Psoriasis Foundation? I know Jesse previously mentioned something about this, but why did you contact the one-to-one program in the first place?
2: For myself, I contacted the one-to-one program as a mother of a newly diagnosed infant, I didn't know where else to go. So just like Jesse, I started searching the internet frantically as mothers may do when they're looking for a solution. And I came across the National Psoriasis Foundation. I'm so glad that I did because John and then Jamie as my mentors really just set the bar high and helped me when I needed someone to go to. So I said, okay, I'm going to be a mentor to help other parents that might need a hand to hold or just comforting in general or just a shoulder to lean on or an ear to listen. I think it's really important to be there for others. John, you said something really interesting that I actually completely agree with. The mentor program, you're not only helping others, but in some way, the mentees are actually helping us. It's a reminder of how far you've come. It helps us be human. It's a part of humanity to help each other. And I do feel that each of my mentees have really taught me something. Getting to know Jesse and Patrick, it's been an amazing experience. And I'm so glad that I got to know them. Patrick is one of the strongest little boys that I ever met when he was so young. And I got introduced to their family. So it's been a real pleasure.
5: Oh, (laughs) Patrick's the force of nature, that's for sure. I reached out to the one-to-one program. I was aware of the NPF right after I started my Googling because I found the website and I'd been reading through a lot of the material on the website over the months after his diagnosis. But I reached out to the one-to-one after he was approved for his first systemic med, which was methotrexate. I had no experience with methotrexate other than as a chemotherapy drug. And that scared me to death to think about putting my seven-year-old on a medication that was a chemo drug. So I really wanted to talk to some other parents that had walked this walk before. I wanted to know their experiences. I wanted to hear that things were going to be okay, basically, and that we were making the right decision by our child. So that's when I reached out and I was very lucky to get Michelle as my mentor and She really helped me through some dark times. That was, those those were hard. That first, those first few months were rough.
1: And Jesse, now you're a mentor. What prompted you to become a mentor with us?
5: Well, Michelle reached out to me last year and mentioned that there were a lot of newly diagnosed parents of children with psoriasis that were looking for mentors and asked if that was something I'd be willing to be involved in. And I was like, heck yeah. Of course I would, because I remember those first few months and years as we were trying to figure everything out and learning about biologics and all the different medication options. Where we live in Tennessee, I feel fairly isolated from the psoriasis community. There's only one doctor in my town that was comfortable prescribing systemic meds to a child of Patrick's age at that time. We just didn't know anyone who had psoriasis. And so I felt alone. Being able to talk to Michelle and later after I'd met some other families with psoriasis to other parents too about what they were going through it was so helpful to me. So I really wanted to help somebody else. If I could help somebody else through that time, it just feels really good.
1: Absolutely. I think the concept of paying it forward and helping others move past difficult times is so important. Thank you for becoming a mentor, Jesse. And John, it sounds like this chain of relationships all started with you. How do you feel about this legacy you've helped to create? I mean, it's pretty impressive.
3: Well, let me tell you, when I first got the indication that Michelle was my mentee, and she said she had a small baby with psoriasis, scared to live the heck out of me. Because I didn't have any small children that had psoriasis. My daughter wasn't diagnosed with psoriasis until she was in her late 30s. I said, I don't know what to do. But I remember going to a a psoriasis foundation conference. For some odd reason, I went to Jamie's talk on children with psoriasis. I don't know what drew me there, but I went and I listened and she talked. And I said, when I got Michelle as the mentee, I went back to Portland and said, could you contact Jamie and ask her if she might take over and talk to Michelle? Because I know she had talked about having a child with psoriasis. And so Jamie went to Michelle, and that's how it all began. I think the legacy is everybody's. It's wonderful that all of you could reach out to help mothers and fathers with children with psoriatic disease. I just find it overwhelming. I just feel so thankful for all of your help, all of your aid, and all of your involvement with the to One program.
4: And
2: John, I'm so grateful that you went to that presentation that Jamie gave so many years ago. I don't think that was any coincidence. So it's so weird the way universe lines everything up. And now with Jesse and Patrick, I really hope one day we get to all meet a person and take one more photo.
3: Yes.
1: It's honestly so amazing how these connections are all aligned. So for all of you, while you've discussed some of the benefits of the one-to-one program, are there other benefits to this program that we haven't mentioned yet?
4: I hope I'm just making a difference and helping people feel that they're not alone. Sometimes people ask for information, sometimes they just need to scream from frustration, sometimes they need a shoulder to cry on, and it's nice to know that I can be there for them when they need it. For as common A disease psoriasis is, it is definitely one that people don't tend to share. They don't necessarily talk about it. So, finding somebody else in the world who has psoriasis, you would think you could just walk down the street and find somebody all the time, but (laughs) that's not usually the way it works. Being there for people, especially those who are newly diagnosed, it doesn't take a lot to volunteer, and giving even a little makes a big difference. And it feels so good in your own life too. So why not help somebody else? And if I can do that, that's all that matters to me. To echo everything Jamie said, she
2: is a hundred percent right on target for the same way that I'm feeling. The benefit of the one-to-one program, it's giving parents a sounding board. So allowing them to know that they're not alone Even if you're not a parent, even if you're just a patient with psoriasis, knowing you're not alone and having someone to walk down that path with, if you have questions, or maybe just knowing that someone is there, it really is nice having someone in your corner.
1: Yeah, I mean, having someone in your corner is so important. And, you know, I'm not really sure if you all know this, but since 2016, the one-to-one program has served 767 people in 62 countries, including the U.S., It's pretty impressive, and honestly, it's due to all of you and other mentors who help others through this program. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. Given this, could you possibly share a highlight of being a mentor? John, let's start with you.
3: It's very gratifying because you're helping an individual that you've never met, and until this last mentee that I had, you don't know who the person is. Now I've started mentoring with Zoom, and we talk, and it's like being right there in the same room with them. One of the mentees I had was a dermatologist who had psoriatic arthritis. It's, that's been one of the most beneficial things for me to have been involved with, because as I mentioned before, we help each other. It's a conversation. It's not, I have all of the answers. We talk back and forth. Instead of instructing somebody what to do, most of the time it's leading them to the point where they see where they need to go. They see what they need to do. That's the beneficial part of mentoring for me. I
4: would say that I don't think there is one highlight for me as a mentor, because each mentee is different and each one is special. If I can help them in any way, then it's worth it for me. But it's important to remember, too, that we talk about helping people who are newly diagnosed and who have just have entered the world of psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis and feel so completely overwhelmed. I've even had mentees who have been dealing with the disease for quite a few years, but all of a sudden their medication has stopped or something new in their life has triggered a flare that they were not ready for. So I think the one-to-one program is great for newly diagnosed people and families and caregivers, but it's really for everybody. And I think that's what makes it so special. I love that,
2: Jamie. That's super important and a really strong message. For me, since I'm a parent mentor in the one-to-one program, seeing parents bring their kids from diagnosis to treatment and it's actually working, that is one of the most amazing things to see people are actually getting help. Hope is one of the most important things to have in life and it really just
5: keeps the needle moving. I am a relatively new mentor I have just started mentoring, so I don't have a lot of experience yet with that, but I will say it's been very gratifying so far. I've been able to watch the process from being initially diagnosed and being scared to death as a parent and not knowing what to do and feeling helpless. And I remember that feeling to being able to actually answer some questions like, here's a place you might want to look, or here's something that you could try, or here's a question to ask the next time you're at the dermatologist's office, because I remember being where you are right now. So it's been been helpful. Anything I can do to to kind of walk another family through this
1: is good. I do these kind of podcasts all the time, but this one specifically has been such an amazing and heartfelt discussion today. I've learned some things about each of you as well. Thank you so much for being here, opening up and sharing your experiences. Do you have any final comments you'd like to share with our listeners today?
3: Can I start by saying, don't wait. If you think you have it, a situation or problem, go to your doctor or dermatologist first, then contact the National Psoriasis Foundation. If you want to find help, it's there. If you don't want someone to talk to, there's a lot of reading material. Don't hesitate. And if you have been diagnosed with psoriasis, go to a rheumatologist to ensure that you're not being diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. Get help early so it doesn't affect your later life because it could be debilitating i don't want you to end up in a chair.
2: on top of what john said i just want to say that there is hope and that there's people out there to help so just like john said don't wait
5: yes and don't be afraid to take a plunge into treatment especially if you reach out and you get to talk to someone who's been there and who knows and particularly if you're a parent and you're overwhelmed just reach out and learn as much as you can and don't be afraid the difference between where we were six years ago when he was first diagnosed and where he is now is incredible. He told me the other day, he forgets sometimes that he has psoriasis, which to me is the ultimate goal because he's 100% clear right now on his biologic, which is incredible. So don't wait.
4: I would say too, that NPF is always looking for more volunteers and the one-to-one program is great. So if you've been living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis, I'm sure you can help somebody else. So reach out to them, become a mentor yourself and continue helping other people. It's really gratifying and it's really worthwhile.
1: Wow. What a legacy you've created and such a message of hope. You've helped each other and you're paying it forward to support others. You're honestly the biggest inspiration. Thank you for volunteering in so many ways to help the National Psoriasis Foundation. We honor your service and are grateful to you for supporting NPF's mission to find a cure and improve the lives of all affected by psoriatic disease. April 17th to 23rd is National Volunteer Appreciation Week. And in honor of our outstanding volunteers, such as John, Jamie, Michelle, Jesse, and all of our NPF volunteers who mentor, raise awareness and funds, advocate, sit on advisory committees, our board members, to those who provide administrative support, thank you. We couldn't do what we do without you. If you'd like to join us as a volunteer, please visit psoriasis.org forward slash volunteer. And finally, thank you to our sponsors who provided support on behalf of SoundBites through unrestricted educational grants, Amgen, Abby, Bristol Myers-Wibb, Janssen, and Lily.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of SoundBites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future please join us for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of SoundBites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Ghana, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast psoriasis.org.